Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. May be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. Amen. When my two sons were young, they loved for me to read stories to them. And one stands out, I think, of all the rest. I hope you can see it. It's called Gumdrop Gets His Wings. The story or the book is now well, well over 30 years old. They knew absolutely every word of it. And if I tried to miss out a page or a paragraph or even a sentence to get the end a little bit quicker, they pulled me up for it and uh, I had to read it again. Today's Bible story, which has been so beautifully read for us by uh, Derek and Seal, is the well-known resurrection one of the two disciples walking from the city of Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus. It is one of the greatest stories ever told and one of the most loved resurrection accounts. There's something very moving in one of the Lord's few resurrection appearances being given to these two humble, quite unknown disciples. One is Cleopas, who wasn't one of the twelve, and the other, well, we don't know the name. It could be his partner, his friend, his colleague. We just don't know. But the story, as we heard it read, involves sorrow and suspense and puzzlement, the gradual dawning of light, astonishment, recognition and activity. So let us, for just a few moments this morning, peep into this wonderful story and seeing what God is saying to us through it. And I would like to suggest that he's saying at least three things to us, wherever we may be. And first, the risen Jesus came alongside the disciples. The risen Jesus came alongside the disciples. In verse 15 we read, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Cleopas and his companion are disciples of Jesus. They had undoubtedly given up much to follow him, and now he'd been crucified. And as these two disciples walk from the city of Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus, they're talking about all these things about Jesus, which had happened in the last few days. They were obviously downcast. They were bereaved. They were fearful. They were upset. They felt let down. They were disappointed. They wondered what life had in store for them in the future. And then into this situation, the risen Jesus joins them on the journey. And at that point, they don't know who he is. In my teenage years, Simon and Garfunkel produced some of the best music of the 1960s. They captured the, the mood and the excitement of the time, also the angst and the uncertainty of the 60s. And I think my favourite song of theirs, which is still well known and sung and performed, is Bridge Over Troubled Water. And I think its longevity and modern approach is because it touches upon such a familiar mood and feeling. When we are feeling down and low, we reach out to others who show us empathy, who understand how we feel, who will offer a helping hand. Indeed, the image of the bridge has been a key concept over many centuries. Humanity's ability to, to throw a bridge over a seemingly impossible 
impassable divide is so important. Think of the fourth railway bridge, I've crossed it many times, marching its way over that great Scottish firth, that great icon of engineering, but bringing together things which separate. The two disciples, well, they're feeling downcast and low. Indeed, in all of the resurrection stories, the disciples are feeling the same. But on each occasion, Jesus comes to them in the garden, behind locked doors, on the mountain, on the road to Emmaus. He comes alongside them. My little grandson, who's three years old, sometimes is a little frightened at night. When he is, it's no use saying to him, well, I'm going downstairs, I'll send you up a bit of peace. He wants you to stay with him until he goes to sleep. To frighten disciples in difficulty, the risen Jesus came. An incarnation is about God getting into the boat with us at our side. And so he comes alongside, as he does for me and for you in our difficulties, in our stresses, in our lament, in our vulnerabilities and in our sadness. Secondly, the disciples offered Jesus hospitality. They offered hospitality. Verse 29 we read, stay with us for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. You know, there's a lot of eating goes on in the Gospels, and here we are again. Hospitality is very important in the Jesus story. And Jesus has a meal with the two disciples in the village of Emmaus. Often in the Gospels, Jesus is the host. But in this reading, he is the guest. And he becomes known to them as he breaks the bread. Now, bread was usually broken at the prayer of thanksgiving just before the meal. And some people have seen here a reference to the breaking of bread in the communion service, but I don't think that's the case here, as these two disciples were not present at the Last Supper. However, however, something in the action awoke a chord, or perhaps they saw the marks of the nails in his hands for the first time, or perhaps it was just God's good time and their eyes were opened. They recognized him and he vanished from their sight. So the risen Jesus comes alongside the disciples. They offer him hospitality where they recognize him. And thirdly, in the darkness, in the darkness, the disciples shared the good news of the resurrection. Verse 35 we read, the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Now I've preached on this passage a number of times before, but it always speaks to me in brand new ways. And of course that's one of the huge wonderful powers of scripture. This year due to the pandemic, it has been an extremely difficult year for everyone, for some more than others admittedly, but all of us in one way or another have been affected by COVID-19. Someone said to me recently, Richard, it has been a dark year. 
And it was after their words that I suddenly realized for the first time that these two disciples left the village of Emmaus and returned to Jerusalem to share with the other disciples the great news of the resurrection, that they had met Jesus and that he was alive. But they did this in the dark. It was night. They'd eaten the evening meal with Jesus, they'd experienced the power of his resurrection, and they couldn't contain themselves. And so they rushed to Jerusalem in the darkness to share the good news that they couldn't keep to themselves. Yes, we've had a dark year. Yes, the majority of our church doors have been locked for many months. But we have continued in this dark time to tell and to share the story at the heart of our faith that Jesus is risen and is alive. I've been hugely privileged as the president of the Methodist Conference to have virtually travelled all over the connection and met many people who have shared with me in, in small ways, in large ways, in moving ways, in humble ways, in creative ways, how the Methodist Church has, in the darkness of this time, been a shining light as it has shared the message of the aliveness of Jesus Christ in its ministry and in its mission. And permit me to share with you two brand new stories. At Easter, I spent the weekend virtually in the Shetland Isles. And there I met Peter, uh, a recovering addict. I was captivated to listen to his story, which he has permitted me to share with you today, of how his life had been transformed by the power of the resurrection and how through his involvement in the Methodist Church in Shetland is bringing transformation to other people in their vulnerabilities. He's developed a project called Food for the Way, and it involves a number of volunteers, and Peter is the coordinator. Because of lockdown, the drop-in cafe, which was a huge support to those who needed it in offering friendship, companionship, support, and food, had to be closed throwing these people who had quite severe struggles in their lives into increased loneliness and isolation and made their lives even more fragile. And then Food for the Way was born, where food parcels are taken to these people and through those contacts support and friendship is offered. Many new people are now being supported, not just individuals but families also. Their lives being changed by this ministry, which has been empowered by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the second illustration comes from a, a very recent visit I did to a Methodist district, where I, I heard about a village church of just six people. There had only been six people in that congregation for many years, the faithful few. But the church was closed at the beginning of the pandemic, and these six faithful Methodist Christians decided that they would meet every Thursday morning for a Zoom coffee morning. People in the village began to hear about this and asked if they could join in. They now have a regular coffee morning on Zoom on a Thursday of 30 people. The six faithful Methodists very gently and very cautiously began to share a little of their faith at the coffee morning. 
Before long, others were saying, well, I've never been to church in my life. Or some said, I used to go to church, but I've stopped. I'd love to come on a Sunday morning, but it's just not convenient. The outcome from this very gentle, quiet faith sharing is that one of the new people suggested that the group continue to meet after lockdown and continue the coffee mornings in the little Methodist church in the village. And after, after coffee, have an act of worship. And maybe if things went well, stay for lunch. So the church won't open again in that village on a Sunday for the six same people. But it will reopen on a Thursday for 30 people for worship, hospitality and fellowship. Now that's a very, very simple story. But I think it is a wonderful story of the message of the risen Jesus going forward with his light and touching others in a dark time. So, dear friends, we have been invited today to hear at least three things. First of all, we hear that Jesus comes alongside each and every one of us in our need and he offers himself. Secondly, we can recognise and experience him in his risen presence in our lives. And finally, we can do no other than to share the good news of this risen Christ with other people. For the Christian message is never fully ours until we have shared it. Thanks be to God. Amen.